You're listening to another episode of Battles with Bits of Rubber, the podcast about making prosthetics. Hello, and in this episode of the podcast, I am talking to Tim Bagley. Now, Tim plays the one-armed groom in Shaun of the Dead, and it was a nice time for me to just catch up with him, have a little chat, and go through, from his point of view, uh, how it felt to be under all that stuff, and just a little bit about his work and acting in movies and and doing peculiar stuff like that. So hopefully you'll enjoy this. It's a nice little supplemental to... uh, to go and tack on to the end of the uh, the Shaun of the Dead episode number 55 and I hope you enjoy it. I had fun doing it and uh, here we are. Here's Tim. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Is that, is that working good? Is it? That is working beautifully. Thank you. Yes. One, two, one, two. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that, that works well. Rightly I ho. basically wanted to chat to you about your experience and recollection, uh, such as it is from, from Shaun of the Dead. We're quite a few years on. It's quite shocking, actually, when you look back at the photos of everything, realise how young everybody was and how how, how much we did how, how much hair? I've got, even you've got quite a bit more. I've got hair, hair no beard, uh, I'm much slimmer. Uh, I don't appear to have glasses yeah. in a lot of the shots. I look very healthy, but you don't recall feeling that way at the time. Oh, I didn't, anyway. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever felt particularly healthy. <laughs> God, you know what? Well, you will get up to things. I've had more self-induced coronavirus panic attacks in this lockdown on account of having had three hangovers in rapid succession. I've not had a hangover in ages. But all this sitting still and drinking heavily... Uh, That's does, an excellent uh, plan. Yeah, well, it is, but also it causes something of an alarm when you wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah, like, you forget. Yeah. You, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, oh, hold on a minute, I remember this. This is a hangover. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the idea is basically I wanted to do an episode of the podcast where I, you know, we were looking back at all the stuff that we did on Shaun of the Dead. And um, obviously one of the one of the sort of big scenes that was uh, quite remarkable was 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 a young chap getting his head stoved in, uh, yes. um, which was you, I believe. <laughs> and so uh, it was one of those things where I thought, well, I wonder if Tim would be happy to chat on the podcast about that. You know, it's the first time a zombie actually comes into the house and the outsiders crept in because before there was sort of stuff outside that they were going to tackle and they'd seen it a bit, but nothing had actually come into their house and it was all sort of a bit of a change. And then you get twatted on the head with a big ashtray, which was quite a thing. Can you... uh... The ashtray, yeah, that's right, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, this was uh, my first film, so it was uh, quite a, a landmark thing for me. And... Also, um, this scene went on to be quite sort of uh, significant for me because they used it in the trailer. And back then, certainly, I still have a bit now, but I'm still slightly in a sort of um, superstitious idea is that I don't talk too much about a production before it's all done in the canon and released because uh, there's nothing worse than running around telling everybody oh i'm going to be in this new movie and then when the final edit comes out you're not in it 
And this film, I mean, I, I really, as well as being my first film, I think it was possibly only my second acting job, my second filming job. And uh, landing this part in it with, uh, with those guys who I knew from and adored from watching Spaced um, was really a, a very exciting uh, thing for I think because you and I both have very similar tastes in the things we, we enjoy. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a real kick, isn't it, when you to work on something with people that you actually like and admire beforehand, you know, so it's quite nice. Yeah, it was. And with Shaun of the Dead, it sort of sneaked up on me a bit because the job, the contact for it came to me from you. Yeah. Uh, because... Well, I was in a meeting and they said, we need a guy who's missing an arm. And I was like, I kind of know a guy that's... <laughs> that's yeah, well, we've arm. met. Was your we? first thing, yeah, on Strange? Well, strange, that's right, yeah. And we got to know... As in, that was the name of the show, in case anyone yeah. was thinking it was strange that we met. The name of the <laughs> show was Strange. It was a BBC show with Richard Coyle. It was called Strange. It was like about paranormal stuff, yeah. And, um, yeah. and we got to know each other with me standing there in a jockstrap and you spending about five, six hours each morning uh, sticking prosthetics all over me. <laughs> nothing to do with the job, just for jollies. No, nothing to do with the show. That was just, you know, how we met. <laughs> Absolutely. On, uh, um, yeah, um, Craigslist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and uh, well, that was kind of a make or break, isn't it? We we found we got along well, so uh, yeah, um, yeah. And then, as you say, you uh, I remember you told me subsequently that you'd had the meeting. So they got in touch with me. I didn't hear about the the movie being made. I didn't hear about castings or apply for anything. I, I just got this contact and said, uh, "Would I be interested in this part in a?" in a zombie movie and i thought well yeah great and that's through some sides through that came through and i looked at those and it said on it simon Pegg and edgar wright and i thought oh well this is the guys from spaced and i looked at the the bit i've not got a whole script i think i just got a, a bit of it and um I thought, oh my gosh, they must be making a film for television. I just, you know, kind of assumed it would be, a, uh, it was something for television. I knew nothing about it, hadn't heard nothing about it. And then I went along and did the casting, and it was a group casting, and a little bit, of, I think, uh, some one-on-one. -on -one. And then I got a, I got a callback, which was with Edgar, and I didn't know it, but by that time they'd already decided they liked the look of me. And uh, Edgar and I just had a one-on-one -on -one and, and we just clammed around and I, I chased him around. He was holding a handheld and he was saying, come at me slowly, right, lunge at me. And yeah, we, we were just really goofing around. And that was when he was sort of sizing up that scene and they, they kind of wrote that scene, created that scene. And um, uh, it came out of the one-on-ones the -one that I uh, had with Edgar. Uh, and came up with that line. The, the last time I saw Simon Pegg, which was years ago, but he said that's always been his favourite line. He's got arm off and doing his chest hands. And what happened was when that movie was released, and again, I didn't tell anybody, you didn't absolutely have to know about this, that I was in this movie, until the trailer came out, and they used it, that, that clip from the scene, with that line, he's got his arm off, in the trailer in the UK and the international release. And I started getting text messages on my phone. People were just messaging me, he's got his People arm off. People you knew, or they were just tracking you down? 
Because that, that's quite creepy otherwise. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There were people right. I knew, but who knew nothing about it. And, and also at this stage, an awful lot of people didn't know that I was acting. Because right. as I say, I think this was only my second acting job. Um, and so there were people who were seeing this uh, video, uh, seeing the, the trailer for it. And of course, they're looking at it thinking, <laughs> that bloke looks just like Tim. And interestingly, he's missing a left arm as well. Bloody hell, he didn't tell me about this. And, and yeah, they were just texting me that line from, from the movie. Um, and it's uh, before hashtags became a hashtag, it was a <laughs> hashtag just about. Sort of yeah, thing. no, that's true. Yeah, it was it was it was a big, very big deal for me. It was an exciting Amazing. thing uh, to be involved in that, uh, and great fun, of course, to be working with you again because we had yeah. such a laugh you on did. Strange uh, yeah. and sticking all that stuff all over. So yeah, it, it was brilliant fun. I really enjoyed it. Amazing. How many days did you shoot uh, in that suit? Because obviously, the, we see you before you become a zombie in the in the store, and eagle-eyed viewers, you'll see because you're seen. First off, from the right-hand side, you're standing side on the aisle, and then very carefully, sort of camera angle, you're in the line behind him, aren't you? And, you know, his head is obscuring your left shoulder so that the gag isn't given away um, beforehand. Is that right? I think that's the way it's framed. That's right. Um, gosh, now I'm trying to remember. I know there was the location filming, and that was... I think we did that all in a day, didn't we? On uh, Sunday early, early Sunday morning. Yeah, I would think they want to And I think that was all done in the day. And yeah, there was me sort of pre-zombie mode in the in the shop in the background. And then um, they uh, shot, gosh, I, I think there was, there was a bit of me wandering about outside. Again, I'm just in the background. You have to be really eagle-eyed, but you see me pre-zombie mode in the background in the shop. And then after he's come out of the shop, I think he's, ah, oh, can't remember now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do remember um, me also being in zombie mode and doing some stuff in the street. It was a bit around walking down the street. Awesome. Yeah, because I can remember being stood at the side of the road in full zombie get-up. And um, as the day was moving on, I mean, we must have started filming it somewhere around about half past four on a Sunday morning. Wow. <laughs> uh, just when we've really first got the light and of course there's nobody about and they, they got the streets blocked off but every now and then they, well they, they block them off shoot the filming and then they open it up again and so there'd be traffic road traffic and a bit of pedestrian people wandering through yeah and I can remember lurking around on the pavement and, and uh, appearing from between parked cars uh, lumbering towards moving traffic and things it was great fun <laughs> covered in blood there uh, were kids in the back <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, in the full get-up. Uh, arm off, that whole thing. Uh, and there were kids in the backs of cars who were just going bananas. They loved it, screaming and shouting and pointing out the windows. Fantastic. It's like Halloween yeah. in May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we did, all the, we did all that location, external stuff in one day, or certainly the, the bits that I did, we did it in one day. But then the scene in the living room that was filmed uh, on the set at Ealing Studios, I think we might have been two or two days, two or three days on that. Um, and I remember it was hotter than the cheap seats in hell. It was a, a day that we set some new world record it was it was global warming before it was trendy uh, it was before they'd heard about it in shoreditch and we we hit 
the hottest temperature in London for something like, uh, I don't know, 100 odd years or something. It was some new record. And we were inside the studios, but the studios were lit to appear like daylight. Yeah. So they got that huge white lighting that, that was just cooking everybody. Yeah. And at that point, the filming, I remember now that the location filming that I did, that was on almost I think the first day of filming for the movie. And then the filming where we were doing the scene in the living room with a big fire where I get my head stoved in, that was almost the end of filming. So it was almost about three months later that we're actually filming the bit inside the room. And at that point, because in that film, I think Simon is in pretty much every scene. There's hardly anything that he isn't uh, in camera. And so he had been working tremendously hard, nonstop, just about for two and a half, three months. And with the heat and everything, he actually looked more like a zombie than I did. (laughs) And I think on the second day of filming, we got most of what we needed. And he was he was not looking well at all. And I remember Edgar just say to him, go to your dressing room, go and lie down because you do not look well at all. Wow. And, uh, and so Simon was dispatched to his to his dressing room. But I do remember it being so hot. And I was wearing a three piece wedding suit plus all that gunk that you were that you're always sticking on me, Stuart. Sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, there was all that stuff I got. And then there's well for this scene where I get my head stoved in. I got to wear that rig for all my brains blowing. Yeah, now that's yeah, that's was, an interesting point. Hot work. All that because they they the, the I think Dan Fry made the stuff for that because I wasn't there. There was a big chunk of time where I was away. I went overseas for a bit, and I think it was. That would have been Dan, I think, that that worked on that. So could you talk a little bit, uh, just from what you recall about how the, the head stoving thing, because it's, it's such a quick thing in the shot, but it's, it's always that weird thing where you, before you actually film it, you're not exactly sure what they're going to see. So they have to make something, you know, that's going to do a lot more than you end up seeing because inevitably they want something they can cut down. So there's always a lot more yeah. involved in something than you actually see in the final edit. And I know there was brains and stuff that involved but it's not necessarily obvious when you look at it. But I know that when you drop out a frame, it's this horrible sort of scene where it's just like your head's, you know, open up apparently and it's spread out all over the place. That's um, right. But they yeah. don't show it, which I think is probably the right thing to do. It doesn't need to be that gory at this stage. Because I'm trying to think, is this before yeah. or after we see Mary? I think it's before. It's before. I'm, I, I believe I'm actually the first that's right. full-on zombie That's right. Because kill. they don't want to yeah. get any blood on you. Uh, I remember them talking about that, that they want to get any blood on you. Because uh, any of your blood on on him, because obviously he's wearing a white shirt. <laughs> it's just like you mm. know, and that's a continuity nightmare. If you've got a big splatter red that he's then got to, have, yeah, you know, because he's not he's supposed to be clean when he goes out into the garden. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's the first kind of like kill, the first zombie kill. So yeah, uh, with a big ashtray, which is nasty. Hello, fact-checking Bellend here. We actually see Mary in the garden first, then the hulking zombie, and then we see Tim as the zombie groom when he comes into the house. Thank you. There were a couple of things I remember that from that. First off, there's a bit with all where Simon and Nick were throwing things at me, and they were grabbing things off the coffee table and throwing them at me, and they were all uh, soft props, which are great, wonderfully uh, convincing. They got to, like, a game console handset and and all sorts of things but uh, that look 
absolutely like the real thing, but um, when they actually hit you in the face, they're just like, they feel like bath sponges. Um, and they were throwing all those things at me. Now, at first, uh, we had a go with me wearing a mask on my face. It was a bit like um, something out of Phantom of the Opera. Uh, because although the soft pops are really soft, but also they were throwing, I think they had a pizza box, which was just actually cardboard. Mm-hmm. But uh, trying to do it without mask on was tough. Um, and so we changed the approach a bit on that and they were throwing things but you know they did the camera angle so that they didn't actually have to be throwing them particularly close to me Uh, but it just it looked like they were throwing things at my face from the angle that they were shooting at but yeah then we had to do this thing with the bit with the kill where I get smacked on the head with the ashtray and it's a big ashtray as well for for people that have it for shame if you haven't seen it it's one of those sort of 70s like it's like two and a half pounds of glass (laughs) it's just a hefty size of a house brick Um, and uh, we as well we could only really I I can't remember I think we only did that we did that shot in one take because it was such a rig I had to wear this um, device where it had sort of got kind of um, pneumatic kind of pumps, actuators on it, that they, um, which set off the whole business of my brains coming out. Um, so it was really quite a complicated thing to, to do. Uh, and I also remember, it was, well, it wasn't so much that it was heavy particularly, although it's kind of a bit odd because you're wearing all this on your head uh, so you're carrying extra weight in a place you wouldn't ordinarily be wearing it. It was like, um, well, I suppose it was a little bit like I was wearing a motorcycle helmet, but a particularly heavy mm-hmm. one. Um, and then I got all this rig that I'm wearing strapped on around my body, plus all this suit and everything else. And also, by this stage in the proceedings, I'm covered in that much sweat and glue and junk that um, I really did feel like I was, um, you know, like I was a... a a roast chicken in the oven wrapped in tinfoil and and marinating <laughs> in all manner of junk and sweat. Helped you get into uh, the park. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, yeah. I was a yeah, method zombie, certainly. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was hard work. And uh, I, I remember feeling well and truly exhausted by the close of play. And then, uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> you were the man for the job though uh, it's all part of it I mean invariably whatever I'm doing whatever acting job I'm doing I invariably end up in all kinds of rigs and things because I'm always doing I don't know science fiction and horror and stuff like that uh, God, the, the worst one ever slightly tangential but the worst one ever was Doctor Who when you put me in a Cyberman outfit and of course I'm about an inch taller than the official Cyberman hype. Uh, so You're a rogue unit. <laughs> getting into the costume. Yeah, I was absolutely, it felt absolutely like I'd been put in a suitcase. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't even breathe deeply. I was panting like a Jack Russell while I was in that outfit. I have worn one of those suits. Uh, Neil Gorton and I wore one for a photo shoot. <laughs> you did at the workshop and i'll try one on and yeah uh, yeah they're not they are quite claustrophobic. i mean if you're worried you know if you suffer from things like 
claustrophobia it's uh it's quite you, you are in you can't really get yourself out you know you need help and it's all sort of clicked well it's in. not so much you know i'm not claustrophobic particularly but I, I am a big fan of breathing i do like to do that uh a lot yes. uh, to be honest I, i'm pretty much a An air addict <laughs> non-stop user of breathing and uh yeah and it was difficult in that thing i mean you're you're about the right height for it Cyberman, man wasn't it i mean i know you you explained the at the time i was uh, when you trial fitted me in, in one of those you're explaining to me that it was a decision that that all the Cybermen were going to be the same height because obviously it makes perfect yeah, sense yeah they're going to be uniform the, the backstory of the characters mm. so you just always cast when you wanted uh, actors to be Cybermen. you always cast them that they had to be whatever it was 5'11 or well six foot dead that was that was a requirement for for being in the role but then when you needed a cyberman with an arm missing that's when it got a bit tricky there's not too many of those kicking around yeah not too many of those kicking around so so oh well tim he's six one he'll fit Just shoot on him in there, take out a vertebrae or something, and just kind of compress yeah, it. Yeah, that, that next time, that's what we do. Yes, just the human lob Lego. Out of those, just chop me off at the ankles. Yeah. That'll be fine. I was trying to think. I remembered something else that we did together. Was a, a Toyota commercial. Do you remember that at Pinewood? That was brilliant. I loved it. You know what? I've never actually seen the original. I've ne- I never saw the finished product. It's online, on and I tell you, do you know who the guy is that's in it? The the, the main guy. It was Murray, that, you know either. Murray from the Concords, that 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 New Zealand guy. Oh God, yes. And I, I watched it. I watched yeah. it recently, and I was like, Oh my God, that's it! I can't remember his name. I'm going to get shouted at now for for not having looked it up. But I didn't think we were going to mention this. But I suddenly remembered, yeah, that we spent two or three nights. It was a night shoot at Black Park around the back of Pinewood Studios, and you were this creature that had this kind of tendrils where the arm was. Made me the most fantastic outfit. I mean, that was the best outfit I've ever got to wear. That oh, was. thank you. That was good. Fun. I mean, being a Cyberman was super cool. Obviously, uh, that was just too cool for school. Being a Cyberman in Doctor Who, but but that costume for just full on lunacy was the best. Uh, I've still got the teeth for that, you know, because you you let me keep the oh, teeth. Amazing. You, I mean, detail. You did that whole. You made me the piranha dentures. Oh, that would have been uh, that would have been Chris, be... Chris Lyons that made the dentures. Uh, I think I may have. Yeah, I made yeah. the the I made the, the costume and the eyes. But yeah, anything in the teeth that would have been Chris. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So and he's been but, on the podcast. Yeah, you guys really went to town on that. You went the whole nine yards. And uh, Fish Boy, as I affectionately <laughs> know him, uh, what that one huge claw and all the rest of yeah, it yeah it brilliant. was good I fun it was that. really good fun yeah. and he had a kind of because the eyes were so big it has a kind of childlike kind of sweetness about it in a weird kind of way despite being quite creepy well i mean you did it it was exactly as the the whole thing wasn't it it, it the idea was that it was um like a a, a cheesy b movie mm-hmm. uh and so you did the the costume very much in that style of those sort of american 50s b movie things and it, it just it just worked so brilliantly. It was great. Awesome. I loved it. That's so cool. Oh, I'm glad you remember that because that was just something that, was, that had slipped out of my mind. I wasn't going to mention it because it hadn't popped in my head, but I'll have to stick some pictures of that in the blog post about that because that was, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of work as well, actually. It was, yeah. Um, I've got one photo from that. I've got more. Which is absolutely... I should give you... Yeah, you? yeah, I'll Brilliant. send you I'd some. love to see those. I'll yeah, we'll, uh, we'll swap photos on that. That'd be great. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, but I didn't know... 
but yeah, the arm. No, obviously, I'm not even slightly, uh, slightly coy about that. I mean, that's what got me into acting. That's my my joke is that I I got into acting by accident. Literally, I fell off my motorbike, lost my arm, and then got discovered by a BBC casting director who said, "You'd be useful. Uh, I need an amputee every now and then." And I got cast into Strange. But yeah, that, that was a friend of mine, um, Sarah Wilcock, who um, is a casting director for the BBC. Uh, uh, but she's also a very keen and very accomplished ballroom dancer. And we knew each other from ballroom dancing. That's right. Yeah, For those that don't I, know you, you're a, yeah. you are a ballroom dancer. You do a lot of uh, dancing. Well, you did up until the, the COVID I, thing. I do. <laughs> Yes, yeah, um, but yeah, um, yeah, Argentine tango, swing jazz, uh, salsa, all of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm OCD. I'm an obsessive compulsive dancer. Wow. But Sarah knew me from a ballroom dancing many years ago. Uh, we'd be, you know, in the same class and social dancing on Monday nights at the Rivoli Ballroom, and she knew me before I had the accident. And I had the accident, I lost my arm, I was out of things for about, I think it was probably somewhere between nine months and a year before I got back to my dancing, but I got back to it uh, and sort of kind of relearned it, dancing without a, a left arm. And one evening, Sarah said to me, um, have you ever thought about, have you done any acting or thought about doing any acting? I said, no. And she said, well, you know what I do? I said, yeah, where are we going? And she said, well, you know, I get casting calls where I need amputees, amputee actors, but there aren't that many. Uh, and she said, I know you're good with taking direction on movement. Obviously, with the dancing, I thought if you would be interested in doing some acting, I might be able to find you some work. Amazing. And about three months later or so, uh, she cast me straight into a character acting role uh, in in Strange. That's so funny. And that was it. Never looked back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing how things work out. Isn't that lovely? I know. I mean, that was an extraordinary story. That I, I didn't have to go for a casting. I just got a call from the casting director. I mean, well, Sarah was casting for it, so she knew who I was when she saw the script, and they needed a they needed a, a character with uh, they got a character with no left arm, and, and not only that, but a high amputation. He'd be missing from the shoulder. She was like, "I know who this is," and she told the director. He just gave me a call. And we chatted on the phone and that was it. I got a script and um, actually I, I went up to, that was Millennium FX. It was there, wasn't it? You did a full body cast on mm -hmm. me. Um, yeah, and, we did. Uh, you took, and I remember yeah, you'd driven up body and you had a really nice old sports car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. My my little hairdryer, <laughs> the uh, MX-5. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you did a full body prosthetic cast on me. And then my first day acting, there I am at Ealing Studios and I was in the in a dressing room and you guys, it took close on six hours to put me, there was a team, you've got a team of about four, haven't you? Yeah, something like that. And it was a full body. It was, yeah, yeah, it was about arm. four of you. I remember Sunita, lovely Sunita was standing there. Yes, she did some me. stuff on Shaun the Dead as well. Um and yeah, and then I think there were ah. two teams because there was also the other guy that had some prosthetics on his neck as well that I think maybe Rob did at the same time, I think, because we splintered okay. off into another group because you were 
doubling for the, you were the car Jin. that was the name of the character wasn't it he was like this kind That's of right, yeah. sort of almost assembled man made up of different parts and it wasn't quite finished hence the the arm missing and then there was a guy who was yeah. a reverend or something. Well, it, it was sort of like sweeney todd yeah. wasn't it it was a sweeney todd tattooist who that's was, right uh, yeah it was a tattoo chopping up limbs. his customers yeah 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 and he had the tip-up chair and everything it was it was very uh very sweetie yeah. Todd, and he was cutting up his customers <laughs> and then sticking the bits together to make this demon. And we had this other thing, um, that this curious thing that always happens with creature suits, which is something not many people are going to think about. But when you sculpt a completely, you know, a complete body on a creature, the question always arises, do you give the creature genitals? Because if you do, do they need to be creature genitals? And if there's an absence of genitals, is that obvious, given that they are humanoid and there should be something there? So I think with your as is often the case they settled on some kind of loincloth-y thing not that a creature That's would right. have you know any kind of like <laughs> concerns about how it would appear but it was a red i remember like a red loincloth-y thing not too dissimilar to uh That's... a sumo-y type <laughs> affair That's, the... That's right yeah yeah i had a kind of sumo wrestler kind of yeah rig on. but the thing yeah. is if you also i do remember but on a very closely related vein, I remember you guys put me into this thing and uh, me saying to you, you know what, uh, I am actually going to need to have a pee at some point. <laughs> you completely failed to leave any access. <laughs> yes, I hadn't been doing the job very long and it, I, I uh, yeah, my, my lack of experience <laughs> had meant that there was no, uh, uh, I, I said, accounted for that and I think we just ended up cutting yeah. a hole. I mean, fortunately there was a, that's right. uh, that, that sort of nappy thing that kind of covered everything anyway, so it wasn't a problem, but mm. yeah, um, we had to. You know, and I, I remember holding my breath saying, yeah, be, be careful. You went in there with an <laughs> enormous great craft knife. Don't worry, we'll cut you a hole. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah the things you've got to do eh? but yeah and i remember also that you were keeping me secret as well because you were doing that thing which again i didn't know i I just learned all this acting stuff on the job but doing this trick of not letting the rest of the cast see what i looked like so you know you get that kind of a bit of kind of genuine reaction when i show up on set and uh, yeah and you were keeping me in that room and uh, anybody who knocked on the door, it's like, no, you're not allowed in. That's right. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dear. And, and so I was kept in there. I was in that room, and it was it was close on six hours, sticking all that stuff on me. Yeah. And then when you took me down to the studio to shoot, we're walking along the corridors, and the corridors, and I was I was a little nervous, just, you know. And um, it's my very first acting job, my very first time on set, and taking direction and being filmed and everything. And I know I'm going to meet uh, Samantha Janice and Richard Coyle, and I'm going to go down and meet them and be acting. Looking like this. Holy (laughs) crap. And I'm walking along the corridors, and of course the corridors in there are just lined with photos of all the greats of British cinema. And I can remember walking along there thinking, what am I doing here? What's gone wrong? What am I doing here? Being an actor, this can't be right. Mate, um, I know the exact. But, I know the uh, feeling. I know the feeling. And you know, I've been at Ealing uh, a fair few times, and every time I'm in there, I'm like, oh my god, you know, this is Ealing Studios is like, you know, one of the classic British studios, and it's just. I know. So it's cool like things. you're on Mount Olympus, and you're walking amongst the gods. <laughs> Some ghastly error. <laughs> I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was cool, and I think you had lenses yeah. as well, didn't you? So that must have compromised your vision. To some degree, did you wear the lenses? I know the actor yeah. had to, maybe you had to as well, because um, you were doubling. I, I did for, I think I 
did for some shots. They they were tough though. Uh, and really restricted field field of view. Yeah. I think I only wore them for uh, the sort of close up shots mm-hmm. uh, because in the wider wider shots where it's the the whole of the fight going on, I had to do. I, I was doing quite a lot of movement where I scramble out of the hole in the floor. As I remember, I come out from under the chair and I grab Richard Coyle by the neck and pick him up and throttle him a bit, and then I threw him against the wall, held him up against the wall, that kind of stuff. <laughs> And I think for that, I don't think I was wearing the um, I was wearing the, the contact lenses yeah, for that because I really had really restricted vision. Yeah, you got yeah, marks to hit. You don't want to actually harm anybody. Oh my mm. gosh, yeah, it's coming back to me. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, 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 it's brilliant. It was so much fun. It was a nice shoot, actually. It was a nice show. It was, yeah. And I I remember between takes and setup and stuff, and I was sitting in one of the little chairs. And I was sitting there with Samantha Janis, and I was saying that I remembered seeing her at the, uh, I think it was at the Apollo in Greece when oh, she must have been about 19 or something. And um, and she was laughing and she's going, oh, I can still remember all those songs. And then proceeded to sing each of the songs from Greece oh to me. Who did she play? She played Sandy. While they're, uh, yeah, oh. while they, while they, yeah, while they were setting up the next <laughs> no, shot. No, she was Kaniki. She was <laughs> A leather jacket. And I, and I, yeah, and I, I just thought, holy, holy crow, how did this happen? Because I, I actually had a full-time job at that point. I got a day job, and I'd just taken a holiday or thrown sicky or something to do the days that I was filming. And I was earning more money in a day than I was earning in a month in the day job. And then and I'm sitting there with Samantha Jenner singing Grease to me. And I thought, wow, this is all right. That's awesome. <laughs> she, was in, um, she was in the first movie that I ever worked on as well, working for Neil Gorton. And I think it was 95, 96, something like that. It was a film called Breeders. <laughs> and it, was, uh, it wasn't a damning indictment on, on parents. It was, uh, it was, I do you remember, remember that? that one, yeah. Yeah, it had Oliver yeah, Tobias yeah. in it. And uh, yeah, it was shot on the Isle of Man. <laughs> this is Creature Suit. And there was a guy in it, uh, Clifton, I think his name was, Clifton Lloyd Bryan, I think, or Bryant. And he ended up being uh, one of the guys in the big, uh, metallic suits in the fifth element as well but um there he was a good laugh yeah he played the creature and yeah samantha janice was was i mean if you watched it now i mean it, it's all kinds of politically wrong it's just <laughs> there are some scenes in there why i won't i won't even repeat now it was just unbelievable <laughs> they could get away with the oh yeah it's it's such a bad film but it's a lot of fun but you know you've got to you've got to work on these um you got to work on these. And I did mention that to her and she was like, uh, you know, rolled her eyes about it. I'm like, yeah, we've, we've all done these shameful things, but we had to pay the bills. So B-movie classics. Yeah. Tim, I think I've, yeah. I, I, I kind of rinsed you for all of that. That's so nice. And I've got all these pictures I'll have to send you because I have the pictures of that, the sea creature things. And you, you sent me some lovely pictures of the, the Sean thing, which is nice. From Sean, yeah. Amazing. I'll have to send you... Again, there was contacts in and contacts out for that one because the contacts, they were uh, they were gruesome things. Yeah, they were... they're not very nice at all. No. Well, but although you've been beautifully entertaining with it and there's been loads of things in there that I kind of forgotten or didn't know. <laughs> it was really good. It was a really, really nice chat. Excellent. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad you... Oh, I mean, it is great. Uh, well, we sit and chat about these things because we, we're trigger each other's memory so there's 
things that you mentioned, and I'm like, oh God, yes, I've forgotten all about that, and, uh, and likewise in return. So, oh well, well, the thing yeah. is, I'd forgotten that we'd done so many things together as well, because <laughs> you kept mentioning so. Oh yeah, we did do that. I'm like, how, how the hell the fuck do you build an entire creature suit, and that that goes out your mind? But um... well, honestly, you know, it felt. So you, I got more work from you than I did from my agent. <laughs> uh, Where's my fifteen percent? <laughs> Uh, you know, because there, there was, uh, yeah, the the, um, the Toyota advert, that was another one, you know, that you went, um, you said to him, oh, yeah, don't worry, I've got somebody who can do that and promptly cast me into Amazing. it. Amazing. Oh, God, um, that's so cool. It's lovely these things happen. Yeah. It's all, very, I mean, that was, I had so much fun. I remember being at, to Millennium when it, when it was in Chesham and um, we did yeah. some stuff. We did a couple of live casts for... What did we do it for? Oh, it's for a TV show called Hex. And then we had live cast the head and torso, I think, of Michael Fassbender before he was Michael Fassbender, you know. Um, mm. And so he had not been in anything really at that time. And he was a good fun. And then he was, a couple of years later, he was in 300. And uh, he was, again, not that well known at this point, but he'd been working out for a while he'd been boxing training for a year i think to get into shape and um he got on the train to amersham i think and i had to go and pick him up in the peugeot <laughs> and bring him back and it's just quite <laughs> funny to think like how times have changed you know um, i'm pretty sure michael fassbender wouldn't get the train to amersham now and i pick him up in my 12 year old peugeot but there we go oh god yeah e extraordinary weird um totally unplanned unexpected chapter in my life the acting stuff i mean just getting doing Friday night dinner, that was such a hoot. And of course, that's been, I suppose, fairly huge exposure for me because it's well respected and big viewing figures for that thing. It's, it's a good show. Shot. It's well well written and it's it's yeah, well cast yeah. and it's also one of those shows that doesn't yeah. scream and shout for attention. It just kind of gets watched by the right people that would like it. It's not it's not one of those kind of yeah. like uh, prime timey kind of like the ones that beat their chest and and don't, and don't give up. It's a really really well done show. And I have to say that ordinarily, um, well, I always do. I always squirm at watching myself afterwards, watching myself act. Uh, and uh, I always think, oh, God, Tim, why did you do that? Do it like that for, that was rubbish. But uh, of course, that's, you know, Will that doesn't everybody do that to some degree. Yeah, no, I think that's but uh, I must say, watching that back, uh, watching Friday Night Dinner, I, I did. I thought, oh, yeah, actually looked like you knew what you were doing there. <laughs> And realised as well that I'd really worked my face. I did all my expressions in that one. Um, I have yet to watch that one. You did tell me about it, but I will watch it because we do watch that show. I'll watch it on catch up. All right, yeah. I, what I did was uh, I played it back and I just did screen grabs for, from the scene of me, just, I was just letting it play. And then I was just hitting the keys and just bang, 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 grabbed a load of random pictures and then sorted through them and post them onto Facebook. And it, it was when I'd done that, I realised, I looked through all these pictures, that, wow, I pretty much did all the faces I've got there. I think. <laughs> Posted that on, on Facebook, and I said, oh, yeah, this is me doing some acting. I was really good. I did all my faces. Yeah, I was quite pleased with it. I thought, yeah, that's all right. And also, all my mates, are, again, they're like, bloody hell, you've got loads of lines and everything, Tim. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're acting. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm acting, mate. <laughs> it, it, still, uh, it still catches a... Uh, I mean, even close friends who know that I do this and have, have 
seen all sorts of things I've done before. They're still a bit uh, freaked out by it when they actually see me on telly doing acting. Like, Bloody hell, he really does do that. He's not, he's not bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is stories with all those. Like I say, more often than not, I am in all kinds of rig. Uh, I mean, two Doctor Who's in full battle dress of one sort or another. And it, it, it's for weeks afterwards, I'm picking the junk out of my hair. <laughs> And also, you learn the trick pretty early on that you shave before you guys come throwing yeah. the plaster all yeah. over. Best. Yeah, it comes off. Bloody hell! Season. It's the old full body prosthetic. That is the biggest, most major league B. What is it? Uh, exfoliation thing you ever. Yes, you yes, it would. Never be. mind back satin crack. You want to get the <laughs> full body? <laughs> yeah, you sit Yikes. there in a bath of fried chickens trying to get it off. When we when we were doing that strange, it, it took best. It took about two hours to get me out of this stuff. Yeah, it was a it was a big old suit. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing where depending on how it you w- make the suit, if there's more time, you can make a suit that sort of zips up and you know fits because it's compression and you know all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but this was more of a not all of it was. Was it all glued on? How to tell? Was it the chest was? I think to stop it buckling and doing weird things. The face definitely was. Um, I'd wondered if we got any of it like snug on the legs, but there was a fair bit of glue on everything. I mean, yeah, it was all. I, I was yeah, I was well and truly glued up. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> and I got all those because, of course, the face you were making me look like the That's reverend. That's right. Yes, so it was a likeness the, makeup. She had lots of little separate pieces to make my face into yeah. his. I remember when he was dead, when he was wrapped, he came up and knocked on the door and you said, are you, are you wrapped? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm dead. They're done now. And he said, oh, you can come in. And he came in and looked in the mirror and I was sitting there looking in the mirror and he stood alongside me and we looked at each other in the mirror and that was freaky because yeah. oh of course I hadn't seen him and he hadn't seen me. So there we were looking at each other like, and we were twins. We were identical. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. That was, that was pretty trippy. That awesome. Was, this yeah. has been so nice. Oh my God, I'm all excited, Ian. I forget about all these shows. Well, yeah, I, well, I can them. think about that as years. Yeah, and, and well, you know, I've ended up with loads of stories from all of this. I mean, I love the fact I've still got those piranha teeth that you guys did for me for the Fish Boy outfit. They're vicious. When I was wearing those, I've got to be really careful not to bite my face <laughs> off. Uh, and I, I've still got them tucked away somewhere in the little, little box I came in yeah yeah the little proper little denture box they still fit yeah of course yeah amazing yeah and uh I thought actually what I should do is I should put them in a glass of water and just leave them (laughs) by my bed yeah it could be your nighttime little nightstand teeth scare away any would be burglars Tim I think that's been perfect thank you very much for your time sir I appreciate it Hey, no problem. But uh, the the deal is now you must curate. Uh, we'll get together on Skype or WhatsApp or whatever and have a booze up a few of us. That sounds great. Remote hammer time. Wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. That'd be brilliant. Right. Deal. That sounds very good. Excellent. Because, yeah, I'd love to speak to, to Dan. God, I haven't seen Dan since I did that zombie flick with him. It was zombies in Ibiza or something. <laughs> That was it, independent. It was kind of like the in-betweeners. Right, but with zombies. Go on holiday and get attacked by zombies. Go raving in Ibiza, <laughs> and, and, which was so, it ought to have been so naff and so bad. 
but actually it was really rather good uh, i went to the screening of it and uh it, it worked i thought i just thought oh man i'm not sure this is going to be my cut this i'm going to find this a bit cringy but actually i thought it was really uh it was really fun it was certainly fun working amazing. on it amazing oh, uh, so anyway what are you going to get me in next you haven't got me a movie in ages now actually no Stuart, i'm letting the side down uh well yeah um I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know as soon as a script lands on my door. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all a bit quiet at the moment, isn't it? Is it is, rather. Yeah, the show I was on yeah. was, was really good fun as well, and that, that's all sort of dried up for a bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure things will pick up eventually. Thank you so much, Tim. I appreciate your time. No, at all. Thank you, Stuart. It's been great fun. You can get in touch through our Facebook page or email us at stuartandtodd at gmail.com. Check the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed this episode, tell someone else and help us grow by sharing it on social media. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.